Money FM 89.3, the best of prime time. Now, resale prices of public housing flats climbed for the 10th consecutive quarter in the third quarter of this year, up 2.6% from the previous quarter, but slightly slower than quarter two's 2.8% rise. Also, once a novelty in Singapore's property market, million-dollar HDB flats have today become more common. I'm sure you've noticed $111 million HDB flats changed hands in the third quarter of this year alone. Now, this is the first time in the history of the HDB HDB resale market that the quarterly number of transacted multi-million dollar HDB resale flats reached the three-digit number. Nicholas Mark joins us now. He's head of research and consultancy at ERA Realty. Hi, Nick. Thanks for joining us. Hey, hi, Bharati. Always a pleasure to be on your program. <laughs> Always a pleasure to have you, sir, because who doesn't like talking about property <laughs> and the way you do it and make sense of it all? Brilliant. So let's talk about resale prices being exuberant still. We talked about how they climbed for the 10th consecutive quarter in the third quarter, up 2.6% from the previous quarter. However, we did see a slower rise. Some analysts say the slower growth seen in the last quarter shows that the public house housing market is actually starting to feel the effects of rising interest rates and inflationary pressures. What do you think? Well, I think interest rates do have an effect of pulling back on the rate of property price increase. But inflation actually has the opposite effect. You know, if everything is getting more expensive from your chicken rice to your petrol, property price will go up because the cost of replacing or building a new property has gone up. So it will have a ripple effect on existing properties where the prices will also go up. Right. So how exactly should people be reading all of this, really? I think that those people who have already bought their property or uh, they are the luckier ones, they probably might be thinking about staying put or perhaps even upgrading. But take note, there's some new rules that the government has just implemented yeah. if you are thinking of upgrading or downgrading. As for those people, if you are Singaporeans buying your first property, I think it is prudent to buy something from the government like BTO or so on. I know the wait can be a bit longer, but then the savings might be worth it. But I think the other thing is that the new rounds of cooling measures that the government implemented just last month is, can be a bit confusing because there's lots of ratios that you have to look at. Mm. Seek out advice, some of them online, but I think the best is still to talk to the professionals, such as bankers and so on. Know how much you can borrow before going house hunting. We'll talk about overall affordability in just a moment, but first we have to address the million-dollar HDB resale flats. We know that they represent just a small proportion of the entire resale market, yet this number seems to be increasing. What are you making of this? Well, I think this is just the thin end of the wedge. And one reason why they are increasing is because of the rising prices of new condo launches, which tends to grab the headlines. Like, for example, right now, some of the new condos launches, there is at Langdor Avenue, for example, which is near Yishun. And recently, there were others that is at Tuapayo and also at Bedok, which is supposed to be a suburban areas, are crossing the $2,000 per square foot mark. So as a result, people are thinking that, well, if I have $1.2 million, I might not be able to buy a three-bedroom condo unit, so I might as well spend that money to buy a HDB flat. Mm. The thing is, the highest median price for a transacted million-dollar flat is in the central area. I'm talking here specifically about the HDB project called Pinnacles at Duxton. Who doesn't know that one, right? 
But yes. now we're also seeing more HDB flats outside the central area being transacted at a million dollars or more. So considering mm. what you just said, can we expect prices outside the central region to catch up as well? Well, I think so, because that is exactly what is happening. Basically, almost like a ripple effect. You know, Some of the flats that are in the suburban areas, some of them just reached the five-year MOP, or they reached the five-year MOP in the last two years. They're fairly new, new design, longer leases than their neighbours, and some of them are transacted, especially the larger ones, the five-room, and some of them are the E-flats. The E-flats or the executive flats, they may be a bit older, but there are some buyers who just want to have that luxury of space. And so as a result, they are prepared to pay that high seven-digit price tag because for that same amount of money, let's say $1.2 or $1 million, they won't be able to buy something that is in the region of, say, 1,600 square feet private condo. So they turn to the HDB resale market. Mm, so let's talk about affordability now. I mean, considering all of these undertones and all of these developments in terms of sentiment as well, how exactly will all of this affect affordability, even in light of cooling measures? Well, what we might be seeing is that some of the people who used to be able to afford to buy private condominium, they are turning to buying HDB flats. And that might be one reason why the government introduced the 15-month wait-out period. Now, for these people, affordability of a HDB flat is not an issue. Now, I think the issue of the housing affordability might be perhaps first-time home buyers, but if they are citizens and they're eligible to buy PTO, it is still affordable. The problem might be those who might be single-income, low-income families. Now, that might be a bit more challenging, but the government has assured that there are programs or subsidies and grants that can help such people. But I think they may have to be also realistic that they have to buy something that's a bit further away from the city. Mm, a lot of trade-offs here. Now, the HDB's deficit climbed to a record $4.367 billion in the financial year ended March 31st. This is about 86% higher than in the year before. Now, this to some extent puts to rest rumours that the HDB actually profits from the development and sale of BTO flats. I mean, the bulk was due to the expected loss for flats being built, disbursement of CPF housing grants, and a gross loss on the sale of sub subsidized flats under the home ownership program. But will yeah. all of this really take away concerns over affordability of BTO flats? I think that what the government has shown in their latest financial statements for the HDB is that a lot of money has been spent to try to help people to own their flats, especially those who are in greater financial needs. But I think that rumours about government could still be making a profit is because of the land cost. What HDB does is that they look at the land cost in terms of what are the opportunity costs. That means instead of selling this land to the HDB if they were to sell it to a private developer how much is that land worth but I think for some people who have long memories they might remember that the government might have acquired the land 30 40 years ago at a very low rate so there is a kind of imputed profit during that last 30 years or 40 Mm. years when the land price they could have bought it at a tiny fraction of today's price so there is some appreciation but that appreciation goes to our national reserve so it is not like uh, Singapore's a bit different from let's say Hong Kong where the government actually makes money from part of the land sale proceeds go to their revenue but Singapore government doesn't do that Mm. Do you think this is an okay way to operate? Is it a comfortable way to operate as long as it's explained to citizens clearly? 
Well, I think that well, it is basically accounting standards that government has been using for a long time. But the important thing is, at the end of the day, can our citizens afford the HDB flats? That means, is, which is a very basic necessity, are they able to get the flats that they need to house their families? And based on what the government has said is that, yes, they are. If you're a Singapore citizen, no matter how poor they are, the government will provide some sort of housing, even if they are rental flats, which is also rented from the government at very heavily subsidised rates. Okay, moving forward, what is your outlook for the market, including uh, HDB million dollar flats? Well, I think that in the HDB resale market, already we, we have seen that in the prices has already, well, it's, it's actually fairly stable because it tends to increase between 24 to 2.8% every quarter for the last three quarters. So this year, it could end at about between 8% to 12% rate of growth. I think next year, the rate of growth could be a bit slower, partly because of slower economic growth as well as the effects of the cooling measure. So we could see something that might be sub-10% rate of growth in the HDB resale market. That might be a bit of a good news for some home buyers. And in the million-dollar flats, I think the short term, there will be some pullback. The number of million-dollar flats could drop in the next few months, partly because of the effects of the cooling measures and also partly because of fourth quarter is allowed period. But in the long term, the number of million-dollar flats is still going to rise, partly because of inflation and partly because things are just getting more, well, inflation, things are just getting more expensive. Ten years ago, $4 can buy you a lunch at a hawker centre. Nowadays, it could cost you $6. So, well, the same principle goes with HDB flats. Things are just going to get more expensive, including a HDB flat. What about the private housing market? What is your outlook for that? In the private housing market, in the first nine months of this year, the price has already increased by about 8.2%. So it could end the year with a full year growth of about 10 to 12%. Next year, same reasons expected. There will still be a price growth because our economy, provided our economy doesn't go into a recession, I think the government or the private economists is still expecting some economic growth. And so we could still see prices growing, but also likely to be in the sub-10% for the whole of next year. And I think the faster rate of growth is going to be in the suburban and city fringe area because this is where most Singaporeans will be buying their private housing. And I think the cooling measures that the government has implemented last month may actually encourage some people who are private home buyers to actually buy private resale condos instead of resale HDB flats if they want to move to a different location. So that could partly help to support prices in the private housing market. Thanks very much for that, Nicholas. Appreciate it. Nicholas Mark, Head of Research and Consultancy at ERA Realty. Thanks for joining us on Primetime. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.